The podcast this week is brought to you by DoorCountyTickets.com. Door County Tickets is an online ticket portal dedicated exclusively to Door County events like the Door County Beer Festival, the Peninsula Century Spring and Autumn Classics, and musical acts throughout the county. For more information, visit DoorCountyTickets.com. And welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you can find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and this week I'm joined by Matthew Marcon. Matt, how are you doing? I'm great, Andrew. It's weird to be here on a Thursday instead of a Monday. Right. How does it feel joining the Friday podcast, entering the hallowed halls of the Friday Pulse podcast from the weekend primer? I feel like I've actually made it. It feels like I was in a lower rank, like I was in the minor leagues for such a long time, and you're finally bringing me in to to the big leagues. So Miles Danhausen is out this week, uh, but Matthew and I have rounded up a bunch of the new goings on in this week's issue of The Pulse. We're going to work our way through some stuff. Uh, our feature this week will be pretty much everything that you need to know about the election coming up on the 6th. So consider this your election primer episode. But before we get into that, let's go through some of the other stories that are going to be featured this week. Uh, first off, there was an article written about the Piggly Wiggly's expansion that's coming up. Miles and I had talked about this a couple of weeks ago when it was first announced. It looks like we have a, a write-up of more in-depth plans moving forward. Uh, yeah, it's the article that's coming out on Friday is, um, is definitely just a quick write-up on the groundbreaking. So the, the construction is underway and the, the renovation is, is starting to happen. For what we know at the plan so far, the new store is, I think, going to be about like 70% bigger than the existing store, which is which is huge. Right. So currently the store is 13,000 square feet and it's going to be expanded to uh, 22.7 thousand square feet. So it's going to be a pretty big increase. Uh, the One of the other big things is that the shopping lanes are going to be enlarged from like five and a half feet to seven feet which if you've been in that piggly wiggly it's tight like those you can barely fit a cart in there yep that's one Um, of the biggest concerns i mean even in a standard grocery store like aisle length it's hard to like move people around there's enough room for like two carts right and this one like if you if you turn down an aisle and there's already a cart in there right yeah good luck good luck uh, if you're a fan of beer and spirits, uh, Ooh, the beer it? cave is going to double in size and the wine and liquor section is going to be three times larger. At first, when I read that, I was like, oh, so that's what the expansion is for. They're just going <laughs> to they're going to double their size and then fill all that extra room up with more beer. Right. I mean, it sounds like well, that, that would be great. But I think this is great because this Piggly Wiggly definitely needed a little facelift and a renovation. It's it was old, but it's coming with this whole new uh, rejuvenation of Sister Bay um, that's slowly working its way down south, which is which is really cool. Right, and they're not just expanding their size; they're they're adding like kind of a front cafe area where you can sit down. They're kind of beautifying the whole sure the whole property there. the The groundbreaking was recently, but there was actually no ground broken. It was kind of more of a ceremonial beginning of the construction process. Right, and uh, they are hoping to have everything done by Memorial Day. So. That's possible. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy period of construction over the winter, but hopefully by the time uh, summer rolls around next year, we're going to have a whole new Piggly Wiggly to enjoy up in Sister Bay. We also have a recap of all the high school sports playoffs. Uh, Matt, why don't you take it away? You're the sports man around here. Um, me and yeah, me and Miles are kind of the sports people in the office. Um, Dave too, but as 
fall sports are kind of finishing up uh, around this time. And so that's volleyball, cross country, football, uh, soccer as well. Um, and so all of that's kind of finishing up uh, right about now. And we're slowly moving into winter sports, which is pretty much just basketball. But so Sevastopol advances to the eight man football championship game. They beat Newman Catholic uh, last Friday and the championship game will take place this Friday, November 3rd, when this podcast airs. How many athletes are on a normal football team? So normal, a normal football team on on whoever plays offense or defense is 11. Um, but because we, Sevastopol and Gibraltar also um, can't field enough players to support a full uh, a full roster, so they kind of tone it down and they play a smaller scaled football um, league. Gotcha. So it's like a different uh, section of or it's a right, league. Right. And so as opposed to Kiwani, Kiwani defeated... Southern Door in the WIAA state playoff game last Friday, and they are going to play another game this coming um, Friday as well. So they play in the 11 man in a, in a different conference in a different um, like league that has the appropriate amount of football players. Gotcha. Looks like Sturgeon Bay soccer team is heading to state again. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Sturgeon Bay had a great soccer team, but congratulations to them. Sturgeon Bay has has had a has had a really good soccer program. I remember even back when I was in high school at Gibraltar, they had a really good soccer team. So congratulations to them on going back to state. That's awesome. Um, and we also had some um, cross country runners at Gibraltar. I say we because I'm a Gibraltar graduate. So whatever, well, I whatever. work there from time to time. Right. So I'll consider myself honorary faculty. Sure, I think you can. So I think whenever whenever I see Gibraltar doing something, I, I consider them we. But also from the county, we had a couple cross-country runners that are going to be competing in the state cross-country meet, which is awesome. Evan Henry from Gibraltar and Olivia Stenzel from Sevastopol. So that's that's awesome that we get a couple uh, we get a couple people from up north going down to Madison to compete in the cross-country state meet. Have you met Evan Henry? I have actually. Yeah, he's a good kid. Um, he's he very is, tall. He is very tall. I play. He he was. Uh, there's a basketball pickup basketball league that happens at the Nordor YMCA every Monday night. And over the summer he came in and he played a couple times and he's really good. He's really tall. He's, he's a really, he's a, he's a good athlete. And so that doesn't surprise me at all that he did so well and is going to state. So good for him. I wish him good luck. And it looks like Gibraltar falls to Hilbert in the volleyball sectionals. So after claiming its first regional volleyball title since 2010, the Gibraltar Vikings run came to an end against Hilbert Thursday, October 25th. So Gibraltar fell in three games. Looks like Gibraltar is done for the volleyball season. Yep, that sounds like the, their seasons uh, came to an end. We should have we should have got Alyssa in here. Alyssa is, I think, the JV volleyball coach. Oh yeah. Um, so she was she's been going back and forth to all these games, and I think she was kind of excited of how far the season had had extended into the playoffs. So awesome to them. That that's a great run. I mean, winning regionals is is pretty great. So anytime you can get to sectionals is. Is pretty awesome. The Gibraltar One at Cast is also moving on to their next performance tomorrow or today as the podcast comes out. Uh, so we'll we'll know if they're moving on to state um, later in the day today, awesome. or maybe even as this podcast is out. So we'll give you the update on that next week. Moving on to some other articles this week, uh, there was a write up about how the state of Wisconsin is facing shortages of psychiatrists, and specifically, Door County is actually. Uh, in a shortage of psychiatrists as well. Yeah, a new report from the Wisconsin Policy Forum found that 55 of Wisconsin's 72 counties have a significant shortage of psychiatrists. 
and that even some 20 counties have no psychiatrists at all. How many psychiatrists is the norm, I would guess? Or how many, how many, how many psychiatrists do you think would be the norm? Like, is it per capita? So do you need like one psychiatrist per thousand people? I, that I'm, I'd be interested to see how they did rank this and, and figure out what, what is the definition of enough psychiatrists. So Door County doesn't have any psychiatrists at all, does it? It looks like it shares a psychiatrist with Kiwani County. It goes on to say that the county administrator said that the caseload is growing to the point where a single psychiatrist is insufficient. Yeah, that, and, that's, and that's a lot. That's a lot of ground to cover, you know, looking at just Kiwani and Door County. That's a, that's a wide stretch just for one psychiatrist. That's a, that's a crazy report. Right. Well, and I would think that the importance of psychiatrists in the county would be expanded upon, especially with some of the uh, turmoil that our high school students have had to deal with up here in Door County over the last couple of years. They've they've lost several classmates. And uh, of course, they have school counselors and friends and family to Mm -hmm. turn to. But having only one psychiatrist in Door County and Kiwani is probably um, not ideal for uh, any sort of population that's dealing with loss. Right. Um, We had also talked about how uh, suicide rates are up in Wisconsin. Um, and, and, and there's suicide awareness rallies and stuff that have started cropping up in Door County, which is really great. Um, but it, this is one of those lesser discussed, uh, issues that are important to bring up every once in a while is that the mental health of our population is really important. And what is Door County doing or lacking in when it comes to the mental health of its population? Well, I also think it's important to note that it's not just Door County. About 77% of other counties in the United States are underserved as well. And I think that's, all, and that's, a, and that's expected to increase as you know, the previous generation ages and, and more psychiatrists are, are leaving because they're you know, retiring or um, whatever. And we need younger psychiatrists, psychiatrists to step in. And just, there just aren't enough to, to join, to step in. Right. Well, and then there's uh, there's also correlations between mental health and substance abuse. And we had talked about um, trying to prepare for a potential opioid crisis in Door County. It, it doesn't seem like we are, are riding on state or national averages for opioid addiction, but we we are definitely a location that is ripe for a crisis to occur. All of the all of the different characteristics kind of line up here in Door County. This is just another piece of that puzzle of things are going, I mean, at least perceivably well, mm-hmm. but we are kind of on this shaky ground of, you know, if things were to go wrong, do we have things set in place to help us through things? Or uh, is this something that we need to be more preventative about? Right. Um, and I will say that the state is trying to help out with getting more psychiatrists in position to help people. The article will go on to say that state law does require that a psychiatrist must have an adequate level of care of, you know, experience, but it won't necessarily crack down if, if a county is actively pursuing or recruiting to fill a a position that it's struggling to fill. So Door County especially is hoping for that extra support from the government and and just from other people during the recruitment process to get just some applications in the door. Right. I think we're going to keep this episode a little bit shorter this week. Uh, so why don't we take a break here? And then when we come back, we will talk about the upcoming November 6th election and what you will find on your ballot. 
All right, we are back and we are going to go through what you will see on your ballot. So there's going to be a lot of names and we're going to go through each of the questions on the ballot, kind of give you a quick election primer so that you know exactly what it is you're going to be looking at on November 6th. Right. First off is governor and lieutenant governor. Uh, on the Republican side, you have Scott Walker and Rebecca Kleefish. On the Democrat side, you have Tony Evers and Mandela Barnes. Philip Anderson, Patrick Baird are your Libertarian Party. Michael J. White and Tiffany Anderson are the Wisconsin Green Party. Maggie Turnbull and Will Losh are the Independents. Uh, and Arnie Eines is running for the Wisconsin Party. Leading up to this, to the major governor run, back over the summer, I believe there was a poll. And I believe that poll said that Tony Evers was winning in this, in this pre-poll. Um, but now that election is coming up, uh, they did another poll. And I believe that Scott Walker and Tony Evers are tied, I believe, with 47 percent of the vote. So this so, governor race is going to so, be very Yeah, it's going to be tight. So it's not it's not a landslide as many people thought it was going to be earlier. I think a lot of people are now starting to pay attention. And um, so it's, it's, it's going to be a tight. The governor race is going to be pretty tight. The registered write-in candidates for governor as of October 26th are Ryan Kaysen, it's Republican, Paul Butcher, Democrat. Mark S. Grimmick, Constitution, Jared William Landry, the American Party, and Robbie Hoffman as an independent. Uh, registered write-in candidates for lieutenant governor as of October 26th are Corbin Geller for the Democrat Party and William Henry Davis III, also a Democrat. Those are your write-in candidates. Uh, moving on, Attorney General, we have Brad Schimmel for the Republican Party, Josh Call for the Democratic Party, and Terry Larson for the Constitution Party. For the Secretary of State, uh, the Republican candidate is Jay Schroeder. And Doug LaFollette as the Democratic candidate. Brad Karras is also the writing candidate for Secretary of State from the Wisconsin Green Party. Uh, we also have elections for State Treasurer, United States Senator, which is going to be Leah Volkmeer. Leah Volkmeer for the Republican Party and Tammy Baldwin for the Democratic Party. We also have uh, writing candidates for U.S. Senators would be Mary Jo Walters for the Independent Party and John Scheiss is also an Independent. You're also going to be voting on District 8 Congressional Representatives, State Senate District 1, Representative to Assembly District 1, Door County Sheriff, which is Patrick J. McCarty for the Republican Party, and Tammy, Tammy Weckler-Stenard for the Democrat Party. The Door County Clerk of Court candidate is Connie DeFeer for the Republican Party. And then we have our referendum question. So the first one would be Gibraltar School question one. This is about their uh, operational budget, I believe. So this is asking for... $4.2 million for the 2021 to 2022 school year and thereafter. Gibraltar School question two uh, is about the uh, is about improving the school. Um, this would be a, a question of uh, $4.5 million. Uh, and this says for the public purpose of paying the cost of school improvement program consisting of remodeling and renovations of the library, classrooms, upgrades for safety and security, and other capital and building improvements, including the creation of additional meeting and support space, acquisition of furnishings, fixtures, equipment, etc. And Miles wrote an article about this. I think he went and he toured they did a little presentation on on what they wanted to improve and had a little layout. So if you want to look that up, Miles wrote a great article about that a couple of weeks ago. There's also uh, an article about the Sevastopol School, mm -hmm. and they're also looking for a considerable amount of money this year to kind of rehab the entire building. Um, many portions of the building are very old. Um, many of them are original from when the school was first built. Yep. So it's very narrow hallways, very low ceilings, very small doors, those kind of things. Lots of steps. Um, it's, it's very difficult for 
students with special needs to navigate the school, especially wheelchair-bound students or people with mobility dis- or people uh, disadvantaged in the mobility department. Um, so Sevastopol's first. So Sevastopol will have two questions on the referendum. Uh, both of them are going to be for rehabbing and then also an operational budget question as well. Southern Door also has two questions on the ballot. Um, again, much of the same. They're also focusing on ADA accessibility updates, um, capital management, building infrastructure and site improvements. Lots of uh, focus on new security in the schools across the board here. Um, so these referendum questions are, are really important. Take your time, read through them. Um, and then make the decision that you feel is best. And lastly, I think we want to talk about how Wisconsin, there will be an article written in this week's Pulse talking about how Wisconsin is seeing a lot of really good absentee voting numbers so far. Right. Um, Almost 400,000 absentee ballots have been requested by voters across across Wisconsin. Um, That is about the same number of absentee ballots that were cast in 2014, which is good because in 2016, there were very low numbers of, of voting. So it's nice to see that a lot of people are going out and are voting and are making their voice heard. Right. So is this a, an, an indication that there are uh, there's more voting support this year than there has been in, in years past? So this is going to be a big election? Uh, yes, I think I think that a lot of a lot of people are starting to notice um, and, and are trying to get involved in this election. The city of Madison had issued more than 32,000 absentee ballots and most of them in person. So I think people are um, going out and and are wanting to vote and want to get their voice heard instead of, you know, doing it at the polling place uh, next Tuesday. Yeah, that's the other thing that like I'm slowly learning as I get older and participate in more elections is that you do not have to vote on election day. There are plenty of ways for you to vote beforehand or in lieu of being around on that day. Um, If if things come up, if you have plans or if emergencies happen, there are ways for you to cast your vote uh, at your convenience. Um, I know plenty of people have voted early already. That's Mm -hmm. a really great way to 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 just get this done while you can rather than waiting. I believe that I'm going to go vote on election day, but um if you if you can't for whatever reason there are resources that you can use to vote. Um a simple Google search of how do I vote in my state will get you everything that you need to know to make sure that you can cast your vote on November 6th. Uh this is sounding a little PSA, but it is a PSA. Please go out and vote right. everybody. I've been told throughout my life by people older and wiser than me that it does not matter who you vote for as long as you vote. It's the, one of the most important things that you can do as an American citizen, despite what people might be saying about, you know, your vote doesn't matter or what's the point. It does matter. Go out and vote. Show your support for your candidates and make a difference in the world. Yeah, I, I haven't voted in a voting booth since I turned 18. Um, all of my, all of the vote, all of the elections that I've been a part of, I've, I've always voted absentee and it, it, it's very, it's super easy for me. I just Googled, you know, cause I'm, I'm voting in, in Gibraltar and, you know, I just Googled, I think it was Door County Gibraltar absentee ballot. And I went in and I signed, I answered some questions. And then in a couple of days, my absentee ballot got sent to me in the mail. Um, you don't necessarily have to have a reason. You could be out of town or you could just not want to go to a polling place. I, I will be in town next Tuesday, but I just don't want to go out to a polling place. And um, so I, I voted early and my vote's already done. 
Well, and see, that's the that's the thing about it too is that you didn't want to go to a polling place, but you didn't let that stop you from casting your vote. Right. You went out and you you took care of it. And you got it done early, and that's a great way to 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 do this kind of thing. It's never too late uh, to look for a way to vote. Um, if you if you want to vote in this election, you can make it happen, uh, whether that be on the sixth or earlier. There is still time to get an absentee ballot or an early vote in. Uh, just make sure that you take the couple easy steps that it takes to get things moving along uh, so that you can vote in this coming election. Right. I think I think like you were just saying, I think it's a very I think it's one of the most important responsibilities that we have as citizens is to vote and may and let our minds be heard and voice our opinions and have someone vote for someone who you think represents you the best, um, whether that on, on either side or or someone who's not choosing a side and is doing a different party. I think I think that's one of the most important things we have. And I think it's great that we can take advantage of it because you can't do that in some places. And it's awesome that we can do it here. And then in other places, voting is so important that they bring the they bring the polling machines out to you. There was a really cool radio lab episode where they talked about voting laws in different countries and how like there's a person who lives in the woods and the polling people will go out and they'll wait for him all day on election day. And then he will just come out of the woods and cast his boat and then go back into the woods. And they just know we're going to meet him here, you know, every election cycle and he's going to come out and vote or like people will bring polling things into people's living rooms who can't get out of bed and, you know, have them vote there because of medical reasons. It's like they make it a priority to make sure that you vote no matter what. I wonder, I wonder how the guy in the woods stays educated on the candidates and such. He might come out and vote for the same thing every time. Oh. That would, that would probably make a lot of save, sense. Save the forest. Yeah. No more deforestation. He just writes that on the ballot. <laughs> save the forest. Well, I think that that's just about going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much, Matt, for filling in this week and chatting with me about all of the wonderful articles that you'll be able to read this week in the Door County Pulse. Yeah, I don't think Miles' uh, job is in danger, but I'm glad to come in and, and help out. Maybe I'll just bombard the Friday podcast from now on. Just come in and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm part of this now. Yep. I'll say, you know, how are you doing, Miles? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing good. And then you'll just hear you talking over him from behind off microphone. Like, I'm also doing good. I, how are you? I'm great. Over here, I'm, I'm good too. Well, thanks a lot, Matt. And we will see you again soon. Thanks, Andrew. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit doorcountypulse.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.